What's up, everyone? You're listening to another episode of Kicking It with Krish. I'm Krish Kumar, your host, and I'm thrilled to have you join me for season three. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of Kicking It with Krish. Today, I'm joined by special guest, Drew Bentley, the Vice President of Business Strategy and Analytics at DC United. Welcome, Drew. Great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Krish, thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Looking forward to the conversation today. Absolutely, Drew. Now, let's just start with your background. Talk about how you got into business strategy analytics and what led you to work at DC United. Yeah, it, it's been kind of a, a fun story so far. So I'll, I'll kind of start back in the beginning. I'm, I'm originally from Iowa, uh, played basketball in college and went to school at, at Simpson College in Iowa. And about the time that I was looking to graduate after my career had ended, I was, I was looking at, you know, I, I knew I had a sports administration degree, but you can go any direction you want with that, right? You can go into parks and rec, you can go into sales, service, analytics, all kinds of different stuff, right? And so I ended up getting my first role um, with NASCAR at Iowa Speedway, um, just about an hour away from the campus that I was uh, going to school at. And so I started working for NASCAR uh, a couple months actually before I graduated. So I was driving like an hour, and a, hour, hour and a half each way, getting my 40 hours in Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then going to class on Tuesday and Thursday. So pretty fun start. Got Definitely got thrown into the deep end. But started with NASCAR um, in as an account executive and senior account executive in ticketing and group sales. So that was really focused on everything related to ticketing. It was kind of an, a holistic ticketing department. So I was doing operations service sales, um, premium sales, basically full menu selling, but also then doing the back end of the, of the operations and, and, and analytics reporting side of things. So got some really good experience there. Um, you know, I, at that point, I'd been in Iowa my entire life. And so it was, you know, I knew that it was going to be probably in my best interest to, to kind of expand my horizons, get a little bit further uh, away from home and just see a new perspective. And so with that, um, one of the things that I always kind of did throughout my time at the NASCAR track is every couple of weeks, I would reach out to someone in kind of an elevated role um, and just ask them for 10 to 15 minutes to hear their story and what was important to them as they kind of came up through the ranks on their end, right? One of the people that I ended up connecting with um, ended up he was actually the VP of ticket sales at the Washington Nationals, and he ends up going down to the Orange Bowl down in Miami, Florida. And he reaches out and says, "Hey, I've got a role down here. Is this something you know you'd be interested in?" So um, him and I had a conversation, and next thing you know, I'm moving from Iowa to Miami, Florida, uh, just in, in the span of a couple of weeks. And it was a pretty surreal moment, but moved down to the Orange Bowl, and that that job was more so focused on ticket operations and analytics, but I did, since I did have some sales and service experience, we incorporated a bit of premium sales and service with our membership base into that as well, so um, got to touch a lot there, got, um, had some really fantastic people I was able to work with, all the way from CEO Eric Palms down to, um, you know, my direct boss, um, who's now uh, actually over St. Louis City, Um, so we had a really good time there, I was there for two years, um, and then DC United reach out and and we're looking for someone to come in and kind of lead ticket operations um, and analytics for for the club. So I came up in uh, May of 2019 and uh, really focused on what kind of right sizing our ticket operations and uh, Ticketmaster Arctic database, and then starting to use that to fuel some some more of our analytical capabilities. And so. Um, we felt like we were in a really good spot, kind of fixed a lot of the logic behind all the tools that we had, and then um, all of a sudden the pandemic hits, right? And that's a, a tough situation for everybody. None of us have faced anything like that before. And 
and you're really put in a position where everything's uncertain. So we decided to take that time to, to really work through all the logic, all of our process, um, you know, try to better understand it, dig deep into the granular data that we had. Um, so that when we came out on the other side of the pandemic, we were prepared to start executing at a high level. And so uh, we did that, came out of the pandemic, and right as we came out of the pandemic, we get, we had a new president of business operations come in, Danita Johnson, and I just had a kind of a quick meeting with her just to kind of run through, here's what our team has done so far, here's who we support, and here's how we operate at the moment. Um, and she fell in love with the, kind of the process that we had put into place. And so she could, at that point, she broke us out of ticketing where we were just kind of focused on supporting the ticketing department. And she wanted us to take that thought process across the entire organization. So now we kind of sit in the center of, of the entire club and help provide data, insights, resources, process development, and execution for every department here at the club. And it's, it's been a really cool process for us, I think, because we've we've had the opportunity to, you know, like I said, I came up through ticketing. Most of the staff that's on my team came up through ticketing. So for us to get into partnerships and, and marketing, digital media, um, HR, things like that, it's been a really cool learning process for us. And I think just the best part about that is we've got a, a really solid group of inquisitive people who love to ask questions and try to understand how things operate. And so that's just naturally led us to, to kind of a place of success related to supporting the whole club. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for touching on that. Obviously, you know, you've got a super diverse background and experience. Before we jump into kind of data and analytics, I'd love to touch on ticketing and talk about the differences in the ticketing experience versus maybe what you're doing now. And also to bring up this quote that you, you know, you said in an article, small ticketing wins lead to bigger ticketing wins. You talked about how the organizations go for these million dollar silver bullets. Um, touch on what that you mean by that. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you when you're in a kind of an operational or even an analytical position like this, um, a lot of people think that you're just going to be be sifting through data and all of a sudden find this insight that is going to change everything and it's going to it's going to be transcendent for the organization, right? It's going to be a million dollar win here or there, and that's not really how we we view things. We we want to hit as many singles as we possibly can, and that, I'll take that a quote from my good from good friend. Uh, Alon Cohen with with UFC. Um, he, he came to speak at our MLS um, Strategy BI Summit here around All-Star Game. And that was one of the quotes that he had was, you know, even at UFC, they take they hit as many singles as they possibly can. It's all these little wins, right? And so our job is not to come out and find a million dollars of bullet, but it's to stack up 20, 30, 40 wins that maybe have anywhere from $10,000 to $100,000 in, in actual value for our club. And you stack those up at the end of the year, and now you've, you've made a pretty big dent in, in both the bottom line, but also the, the development of your club holistically. Yeah. And so touching specifically on strategy and the insights there, I'm always curious to hear what are kind of the latest trends and strategies that sports teams are kind of adapting to? And what do you have to do to stay competitive in today's like digital landscape? Yeah. So with, with the first piece of that, you know, I think it's just making sure that we are being as collaborative as possible internally um, with, with the strategies that we're doing. It doesn't make sense for us to stand something up and not talk to all the other departments because what we're doing impacts everybody at our club and even the partners that we have as, as DC United. So, um, you know, I think for us, one of the one of the bigger strategies that we've implemented is, is more of a unified ticketing model um, with, with one of our partners where we sell tickets um, both on the primary and secondary um, markets and really try to get distribution into different marketplaces. So for us, um, you know, that's that's been a really big win this year of, of just collaborating and not having as much pricing cohesion on, on the secondary side of things. Um, 
And then, you know, I think one of the bigger things, you know, looking at the digital landscape is for us, we want to automate and personalize every interaction that we have with our fan base. Um, we want to make sure that there is no semblance of human error, but we also want it to be in real time and we want it to be personalized. So the, the first piece of having any sort of personalized communication or automation or, or digital fan journeys is making sure that you get your data warehouse and your data in a good spot. And you've got to be able to cross-reference that and, and, and you know, develop different audience segments and make sure that each of those touch points is able to be personalized and speaks to what is going to drive those fans to, to behave in the manner that you're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. Now kind of diving into analytics. First of all, just for the audience, what does that mean? I think there's kind of a misconception around what that surrounds and what all that entails. So if you just want to dive into what data analytics and sports analytics means, and then a second part, what are some trends and how are you using data analytics to better the team or to optimize decisions for the team? For sure. So for us, data analytics, I mean, data analytics, if you, you know, I think it, it really came to be kind of in the forefront of, of the sports industry a few years ago. Um, when I first started my career, it was kind of a niche department. Now you're seeing it as more of a standardized department um, for, for all clubs and, and all teams here in the U.S. Um, for us, it's data analytics is essentially just making sure that you have accurate consolidated information to base your future decisions on and we really like to view that in kind of three phases so the first phase for us is descriptive analytics can we accurately tell what has happened in the past second phase then is predictive analytics right that is saying okay we are going to use the accurate accurate descriptive data that we have to fuel our predictive modeling so we can tell you what has happened and we can tell you what's likely to occur with our current set of circumstances Third and final phase for us is prescriptive analytics. So again, recapping the other two, we know what has happened. We can tell you likely what will happen, but what do we actually want to happen and how do we engineer that being the outcome? And so that's a that's a collaboration, right? That's that's process, that's technology, that is strategy building that all come kind of comes into it. And a, and a good example, if, if that's a little bit confusing is, okay, let's just use some, some dummy numbers here, but say we had 10,000 season ticket holders last year. We're, we can then say, based on the outreach that our sales team is doing and a projected renewal rate and a few other factors that come into play, we can say next year we're projecting to be at 10,500 season tickets, right? But what if our ownership group comes to us and say, okay, we want to be at 15,000? We then have the backend data to project out and say, here's what it would take from a staffing, from a technology, from an inventory pricing perspective, paint that full picture. Here's what it would actually take and here's the investment that would be needed and then get us to that 15,000 market if that is the goal. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd be curious to know how data can be integrated to optimize the customer and the, the fan experience, right? Because fans are everything to the organization. How can you use data to make the fan experience better? Yeah, for sure. So that, that, that's where kind of the personalization of communication comes into play. And so our biggest um, communication outlet with, with all of our season ticket members, group buyers, and, and even single match attendees is it's going to be email. And so for us, um, you know, we want to make sure that each member is getting information that is relevant to them and fits the kind of mold that they are looking for from the club. Not everybody wants emails every single day. Not everybody wants them once, once a year, right? So you have to understand what their preferences are there. Um, you know, I think from a single match ticket perspective, that's, that's an area where we've done some really cool work um, in, in using data to customize um, what we're sending to people. And so... We did a bit, a bit of market research and we kind of aligned on three main psychographics that are 
groupings of audiences um, or fans on our end that, and how we want to communicate to them. So we did some market research and we found that, um, you know, for us to grow the club and to, and to kind of get ourselves into the general marketplace, but also cater to our diehard soccer fans, we came up with there is a soccer or, or a sports fan or a sports enthusiast, a community seeker. That's just somebody who likes to get out into the city and do fun things and have diverse experiences. And then the third one is families. And so we've grouped our contacts and our and our all of our fans into these three buckets. And then when they get single match ticket pushes, it's going to have a different messaging um, for each of them. So the graphics and the content and the personalization that's coming in the community seeker one is going to be like it's rooftop season. Get up to the Heineken rooftop, have a beer, hang out at the game. But for the families, that's not going to resonate, right? For the families, they're looking, hey, let's here's a, a family four pack. Here's some sort of an offer that is going to, to be a cool experience for your entire family. Whereas on the soccer side of, or the sports fan or the soccer enthusiast side of things, you're saying, hey, we got a big match against Philly this weekend. Come out and support us as we try to get another three points. So just having those different touch points, you think about your friends, right? You don't speak to all of them in the same manner because different things mean different you know, different things matter to each of them. And so we want to make sure that we're understanding what our fans want, grouping them accordingly, and then communicating to them what's going to make them make, make them uh, have an action. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great example. And, and thanks for kind of giving the audience some insight on that. Now, obviously, DC United, you know, have established themselves as a the prominent team in the MLS. Talk about just revenue sources, how financial stability works, how, you know, you're looking for emerging revenue opportunities and how the business side of the soccer team works. Yeah, so for, for us, you know, the, the major categories, and, and we're we're not a, a standard MLS team. I guess let's take it back a step here. You know, we are obviously an MLS team, and that is our core product. But we also own and operate our own venue in Audi Field, and so we have a we have three real main revenue sources that come to play. First is ticketing, second is partnerships, third is our Audi Field events or our stadium events and revenue there. So those are kind of the three major ones that come into play for us. Obviously, there's uh, we've had Apple TV come on this year as the ML for the MLS season pass, and I think that's that's. Uh, been a really cool experience for a lot of our fans, but also just us as club staff employees being able to watch our games anywhere, anytime. It's been fantastic. And I know that there's a considerable amount of revenue implications there, but um, you know, I'd say ticketing and partnerships are kind of the two, the two main ones for us. And so um, making sure that we are putting together a strategic plan in advance of the season that allows us to hit the goals that we've set out and budgeting. Um, that's, that's kind of the main revenue drivers for us as well. Yeah, and I would also be interested to know, like strategy-wise, what makes it so that people are attracted to the brand, people are attracted to sponsors, partners, investors? How does a soccer team grow its brand so that it becomes this this force to you know be a partner with? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's a combination of what you do uh, nationally, but also taking care of home. And for us in that space, we've got a really fantastic community relations department here at DC United that finds themselves everywhere within our local community here in the DMV. And so they are trying to um, help underserved communities, help expand the reach of our brand and our club and our league. Um, and they're doing a lot of really impactful work to better the lives of people here in, in the DC market. And so, um, you know, I think for us, there's a lot of brand equity and being out in the community and supporting those initiatives. Um, but the other piece of it is right. It's it's making sure that you're consistent in the decision making that you that you do, um, and communicate at a high level with with those who have invested interest, and also find ways to get people who may have not experienced your product before to come out and taste it because 
I think, you know, anybody who has not been to a DC United game, game that I talked to here at the DMV, they're like, oh, I, I, I know how he feels that I just haven't been to a game yet. We finally get him out and they're like, dude, that was crazy cool. Like, I want to come back again. Um, and so it's just getting people to actually experience it for the first time. And, you know, I think that's where it's a little bit different from, say, how the NBA or NFL uh, kind of markets is they're they're not an, a relatively niche product when it comes down to it. They are the best league in the world as far as what they do, and they have star power that that they can really uh, you know get behind. For us, it's, it, that that's an area that we're trying to grow in, right? We're trying to grow the status of our league. We're trying to grow the status of our players, and so it's really being thoughtful in the storytelling that we do in in our marketplace and and uh, nationally and even globally. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it certainly sounds like a like a transformative and fun experience. And I'd also be curious to know, you touched on, on the community aspect of it. What initiatives has DC United kind of taken to support the community of DC and and just uh, help out with community initiatives, social responsibility, and, and make a positive social impact? Yeah, sense? for sure. I mean, so they want to make sure that they're educating, first and foremost. So our community relations team brings in people from diverse backgrounds um, all the time. They had somebody come in from the White House a few months ago. We've had... Um, you know, people who are leading um, different initiatives here in the DC market, and they bring them in to just speak to our staff. Because if we're educated, we can then help tell that story um, out into the market. But our foundation does a lot of really good work. We have an annual golf classic that is a, a really fun time, um, that, that is a good revenue driver, but then those funds are then taken to be distributed back into the community. And so um, I know recently we, had a back, recently we had a back to school bash where we packed a bunch of backpacks with school supplies that people, that people um, in the DC market are going to need to get, to get um, back to school and, and have all the things that they need. Um, there's a considerable amount of, um, of other projects. I know around the All-Star game, um, we did a mini pitch. Um, so like a DC United MLS branded mini pitch that was placed in the DMV. Um, and so trying to give access to the game to, to people who may not have had it before. So considerable amount of projects there. And I'm, I'm really, really proud to work with those guys. Yeah. And, and I'd also be curious to know, like as far as growth and expansion goes, obviously those are critical in the sports industry. What are DC United's plans maybe? What is the vision you see for, for growth there? And then also the MLS in general, because um, as you did mention, it's kind of a, you know, a newer thing. How do you see it growing in, in maybe five, 10 years? Yeah, for sure. I mean, so the quality of play in the MLS has, has grown exponentially even since I got here in 2019. And you see that with the emergence of people um, in the league. You know, we had Zlatan a few years ago. Obviously, we had Wayne Rooney here at DC United, who's now serendipitously our head coach. Um, and then, uh, and then the big one, right? Uh, Lionel Messi come and go for creative. Right? So you've had a lot of really good players, and they just kind of helped raise the the quality of play in the league. Um, you know, I think the next couple of years are going to be major for for us as a, as a league as a whole. Um, leading into the twenty twenty six World Cup, um, we want to do everything we can to make sure that soccer is at the forefront of everyone's minds at that time. And so we have a lot of initiatives here internally to 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 grow our fan base and grow the the league wide um, visibility um, and do that on a national and global scale um, here over the next uh, couple of years. Yeah. And then the last question I have on the business side is, you know, people always want to stay ahead of the curve, adapt to the changing market dynamics. Um, what is some advice maybe that you have or, or some you know philosophy that you use personally in your work to stay ahead of the curve, to learn about what's going on next, how to embrace, you know, new technologies, new trends and be competitive? Yeah, for sure. I, I think there's a couple things that come to mind. First is, you just have to have a general curiosity about you. You have to be inquisitive about everything, not only the end product, but the process it takes to get there. 
um, you know, I, I, I look back at my hero growing up, Kobe Bryant, right? And when I would always watch Kobe, you, you always see him playing in the game, but you don't always see the work that goes in behind and, fall, and falling in love with the process that leads to the results that you want. And I think for, for our team here, a lot of our people have fallen in love with the process that it takes to get results. And, and that is a fun thing to, to take part in. And, and the general curiosity and inquisitiveness of our group is what makes us um, you know, a, a really standout team when it comes to when it comes to that. Um, you know, I think the other piece as far as staying ahead of things is you don't don't look for reasons why not. Look for reasons why you can. And if you find holes in that, right, try to try to close those gaps, try to fill those holes. Try to understand what you're in, and this, this is how we kind of work through everything here at the club anyway, but um, we really look at, okay, we know what our end goal is, and then we work backwards as to what will it take to do that, not just do that, but do it in a consistent manner and in a way that you can track, measure results and the impact of that strategy that you're putting in place. Yeah, absolutely. And so talking about just advice for maybe college students like myself or people wanting to go into sports, you know, what, what advice do you have there for for people to be looking to get into a career. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I would say, again, be curious and ask a lot of questions. I, I also can't understate the value of being a positive, enthusiastic team player in that respect and being able to listen and communicate at a high level. Um, when we hire for roles here at DC United, yeah, there's a semblance of technical skills that we hire for specifically more in the analytics space, but like that is not the top thing that any of our departments hire for. We don't, we don't hire for skill set or experience as much as we hire for, are you a good person? Are you a cultural, cultural fit? Do you know how to communicate at a high level internally? So those are the, you know, and, and here's the thing, all those things are controllable factors. Um, you can control how you approach each situation. You can control your interactions with other people. Um, and so trying to be a positive light in, in people's day is going to take you a pretty, pretty long way for sure. Absolutely. I completely agree. Well said. And last question I have before we wrap up the episode, Drew, is what do you enjoy doing outside of work um, for fun? For fun, man, there's a, there's a lot. Um, I've got a, you know, one thing I found here in DC is a really great community of people. Um, so I have a lot of really good friends here. We like to go out to dinner, um, you know, different sporting events here in the DC market. And the thing that I probably do for fun the most outside of work is spend time with my dog. So I've got a Got a, she's actually turning three later this month. I've got a yellow lab um, named Maddie, and she is about 100, 105, 105 pounds. Um, so she's a, she's a big lab for her, but she's really tall. Um, so she, I'm surprised she's not standing here right now. She usually comes over anytime I'm on a call, but uh, I usually hang out with her, take her for walks, play a lot. So that's, that's pretty much how I keep busy. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds like a fun time. Well, Drew, thank you so much for kind of touching on what business strategy analytics looks like, talking specifically about the MLS and DC United. And uh, really appreciate you coming on and we'll definitely catch you at a DC United game if I'm there. That sounds great. We'll look forward to having you out. Absolutely. Well, that's a wrap. See you next time on Kicking It with Krish. Stay tuned. Mm -hmm.